Well, friends, and welcome to day number 30 of Bible in a Year with Pastor Steve. We have made it to the end of another week. And today, it's Friday, so I hope that you're looking forward to this weekend ahead, that you're making some time for rest. As we learned in the very first book of the Bible, that work and rest go hand in hand, and it's a pattern for holy and thriving life as a human being on this planet. So I hope that you make time for rest this weekend. Well, today we'll be reading from... Leviticus chapters 22 through 24, Psalm number 30, and Proverb number 30. I'll be reading by way of this devotion, Psalm 30 and Proverb 30, but make sure you all keep up with the Levitical readings uh, so that we can close out that book come next week. As always, I'll be reading from the World English Bible Translation. This is the translation that's in the public domain that I could use for podcasting, but you're welcome to read from any translation that is comfortable for you. I always recommend the New International Version, the NIV, as a good middle-of-the-road translation if you're looking for one. It's not too technical, and it's not too paraphrased or watered down, so to speak. If you're in need of the Bible in a Year reading plan, you can go to the link in the show notes and download the PDF from the webpage. You can also find on that webpage our Facebook page, Psalm link, 30, where you can join our Facebook page dedicated to Yahweh Bible in a Year with Pastor Steve so that we have can share insights and ask questions over me. and just Yahweh overall my God enlarge the conversation. And you have healed well, friends, me. without further ado, Yahweh, let us jump into today's my soul from Sheol. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing praise to Yahweh, you saints of his. Give thanks to his holy name, for his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but joy comes in the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. You, Yahweh, when you favored me, made my mountain stand strong. But when you hid your face, I was troubled. I cried to you, Yahweh. I made supplication to the Lord. What profit is there for my destruction if I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise you? Shall it declare your truth? Hear, Yahweh, and have mercy on me. Yahweh, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing for me. You have removed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, to the end that my heart may sing to you, and not be silent. Yahweh, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Proverb number 30, the words of Agur, the son of Yaqeh, the revelation. The man says to Ithiel, to Ithiel and Ukel, Surely I am the most ignorant man and don't have a man's understanding. I have not learned wisdom, neither do I have the knowledge of the Holy One. Who has ascended up into heaven and descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fists? Who has bound the waters in his garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name, if you know? Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Don't you add to his word, lest he reprove you, and you be found a liar. Two things I have asked of you. Don't deny me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lies. Give neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me lest I be full. 
deny you and say, Who is Yahweh? Or lest I be poor and steal, and so dishonor the name of my God. Don't slander a servant to his master lest he curse you, and don't be held guilty. There is a generation that curses their father and doesn't bless their mother. There is a generation that is pure in their own eyes, yet are not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes. Their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth look like swords and their jaws like knives to devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among men. The leech has two daughters. Give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied, four that don't say enough. Sheol, the barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire that doesn't say enough. The eye that mocks at his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, the young eagles shall eat it. There are three things which are too amazing for me, four which I don't understand. The way of the eagle in the air, the way of the serpent on a rock, the way of the ship in the middle of the sea, and the way of a man with a maiden. So is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done nothing wrong. For three things the earth trembles, and under four it can't bear up. For a servant when he is king, a fool when he is filled with food, for an unloved woman when she is married, and a servant who is heir to her mistress. There are four things which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The ants are not a strong people, yet, yet they provide their food in the summer. The hyraxes are but feeble folk, yet they take their houses in the rock. The locusts have no king, yet they advance in ranks. You can catch a lizard with your hand, yet it is in king's palaces. There are three things which are stately in their march, four which are stately in going. The lion, which is the mightiest among animals, and doesn't run away for any. The greyhound, the male goat, and the king against whom there is no rising up. If you have done foolishly in lifting up yourself, or if you have thought evil, put your hand over your mouth. For as the churning of milk produces butter, and the wringing of the nose produces blood, so the forcing of wrath produces strife. Gracious and eternal God, what a gift it is to have another day to find you in your word. Lord, to hear from you so that we might gain truth that leads us, so that we might live a life with meaning and purpose. And overall, Lord, to live lives that glorify you. So be with us as we delve into your word this morning and show us how we are to apply it to our lives this day and always. Amen. Well, friends, I'm going to be offering just a few insights from the book of Proverbs this morning from chapter 30, which we read, which, by the way, we only have one more chapter left in the book of Proverbs. So next week we'll be rolling over, meaning we'll be starting again from Proverbs chapter 1 and going through, and we'll continue that pattern all the way through the end of the year, because it is always good to saturate ourselves in the wisdom literature of God so that we might take these practical insights and use them so that we might live lives that are enjoyable, but most importantly, pleasing to God. The author of this proverb starts off in a way that I think we all ought to start off 
especially when it comes to our prayer lives and when seeking to learn from God in his word. And the, the first thing is that we ought to not think too highly of ourselves, that we not think that we have it all together and that we understand everything and everyone. The author of this proverb is saying, basically, I don't have the mind of God. I have not marched up into heaven, nor have I come down from heaven down to here. Only God has done that. Especially when there's ascending and descending, we know that God came down to earth in the form of Jesus, God in the flesh, to reveal his true word. Jesus is the true word of God. You can check that out in John's prologue to his gospel, John chapter number one. Now, verse five here in Proverbs 30 says, every word of God is perfect. Now, the word perfect there is more appropriately translated tested. And it, it reveals to us this process of refining. Like if you were to place gold in a, um, a crucible and expose it to heat, you would be able to melt it down and remove the impurities. What, is, what the author is saying here is that every word of God has been tested to be shown to be true especially when Jesus came to reveal God's fullness, we saw that God's word is true. Now, what that doesn't mean is the Bible that we have in our hands is completely without error. There have been transcripts that have been written and passed down over the millennia. They've been translated uh, into many different languages. Um, they've been transcribed to make copies and in doing so, obviously, there are some errors from place to place, but the intent of God's word is available and known to be true. It's been tested to be true. And friends, the last point from this proverb that I really wanted to highlight for us is it starts in verse 8, and it says, Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. Now, what does that do for us? It gives us just enough. God has promised to provide for our every need, to give us just enough, and to be satisfied. When we have too much, when we have too many riches, we get hardened. We think too highly of ourselves, and sometimes we feel like we don't even need God anymore. Sometimes when we feel like we are lacking, maybe we've gotten ourselves into something and now because of that we're lacking in another area, I don't know. Or maybe there's some structures in our society that have forced people down into poverty. Whatever the case may be, we pray for just enough so that we would be satisfied, so that we're not too thinking highly of ourselves and we're not in a position where we are so desirous that we might even steal because of it. It says here, feed me with the food that is my portion. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he used this very phrase, give us this day our daily bread. And the word daily there in the Greek means that which is essential, that which is our portion that gives us just enough that we might be satisfied. And it's also a request from God that says, give us, right? Not just me, but give us, my family and our society, 
what we need to sustain ourselves through whatever we're going through as a family, as a community, or as the world. This is also what Jesus is doing for us at the table that he instituted for Holy Communion. We gather together as a community of faith, those who are seeking God, those who are seeking to live lives that honor God. And when we receive the bread and the juice or the wine, that we experience God's grace that fills us up, that fuels us, that gives us enough so that we might continue this journey of faith until Jesus returns again and enjoys the banquet with us. So friends, hope that you have a very blessed weekend and that these words continue to wash over you as you enjoy some rest. Until next week, I hope that you have a very blessed day. See you next week.